Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jack Kalberg. We have moved to the church engagement model. Go back a couple episodes where we summarize the church engagement model, attract, get, retain, grow, and multiply. Last week, we talked about attract. You want to make sure that your website, your SEO, your search engine optimization, as well as attractive content, hopefully shorter content for folks to know you, experience felt needs getting met, obviously the main felt need being pointed to Jesus. And now we get to someone saying, hey, you got me. I want to try it out. The main motivation in get, after attract, get, is I want to try it out. So what are some of the best get strategies, Jack? Yeah, so the first thing is there's a little bit of confusion there making the the distinction about what attract and get actually yeah. looks like. We if you were to summarize attract, it's it's like branding and marketing, right? Um get is to be successful at get, it, what it really looks like is a ministry that has intentionally curated and cultivated first-time interactions, recordable interactions with people. So if you get to interact with somebody for the first time and you get their info so you can follow up with them later, that's what we would call a a successful get. So So I just got to pause right there, Jack, as you're getting ready. This assumes that you have a database. A database. And a a system (laughs) Yes, is, I, I, I'm not. I'm going to call some people out right now. Good if point. you're if you're if your system is still in a computer and not in a cloud, meaning you're using many LCMS Lutheran Church Missouri Synod are using Shepherd staff. Yeah, uh, that. Yeah, I. You need to stop doing that. I'm just going to point it out. And or even I, worse, I, maybe a spreadsheet somewhere, right? Right. And, and okay, <laughs> this is going to get. We're talking to pastors. We're talking to leaders. You yeah. may have a staff member. Presses. We're going to call uh, Cheryl. Okay. Yep. Cheryl's been on your team for gosh. Cheryl's been around since the church started. <laughs> I think like forty some yes. years. Yes. Yes. But Cheryl, she came in. She originally yeah. had a typewriter. Right. Right. <laughs> now, she now has she evolved has some skills on the computer. <laughs> but she has drawn a hard line. We are not changing our database to something in the cloud. What, what we have what is you... just fine. Right. <laughs> That's what they'll say. What we have is just fine. It's not no, fine. I no. guarantee it's not. You are if getting she's the only slaughtered. one that can get in there, it's not fine. <laughs> so this is where my competitive edge will come out a little bit. Other people have paid the dumb tax, Cheryl, on a system that is way, way better. And pastor, it may necessitate you saying, Cheryl, um, we are going to do this and you will either do this job or if you can relocate Cheryl, she's been around forever, invite her to do something else. But she or someone has to learn a new system. And there are so many good systems out there. We are we are church community builder fans, uh, CCB, uh, especially their interface has become even more user-friendly recently mm-hmm. in their partnership with, with PushPay. Uh, yep. Fellowship Fellowship One is another cloud-based uh, connection database Planning system Center, out there. Planning functions. Center. Yep. Is moved. So one of those three. But these are all cloud-based. This is a key thing. Yeah. 
That's right. And and they've gone out of their way to make the information accessible to not just somebody in the office, but anybody on their phone from anywhere in the world uh, can access the church database and a lot of the tools that help make church work more efficient, right? All right. Now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> Cheryl Cheryl has bought on. Cheryl is all in. Let's go CCB or whatever. Uh, talk to us about those Git strategies. Yeah. So again, the theme is moving from attract to get, mm-hmm. moving from I want to learn more to I want to try it, try out. it out. So mm-hmm. if you think in the mindset of I want to try it out, first of all, the theme of felt needs is still there. You thought it was just an attract. No, it's it's definitely in, in, and probably is even more amplified in the phase of get. What are the felt needs of the community? What, what experience, what interaction can you provide for somebody? All, assuming we've solved attract already, right? So they want it, they they want to get to, they want to know more about you, they're curious about you. They want to now you want to say, I want to invite them into something they, where they want to try it out. You're Definitely meeting them in a felt need. Now, one felt need might be, I want to experience the worship service. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been watching them online. I'd love to check it out in person. I want to try it out, right? So, what does that look like? You better, as we said before, you better have a great website to help invite them in so they know what to expect. They know where to go, how to dress, uh, what time, where to drop off the kids. All the important questions are being answered so they don't feel foolish and too uncomfortable when they show up. But you're, that is curating a first-time interaction with people. Here's a question I want to throw out there. If somebody in your church, a guest in your church, were to tell you in advance that they are coming for the first time on Sunday, what would you do different? So they're telling you in advance. Somebody on your team knows the Smith family is coming for the first time to worship on Sunday. What would you do different because you know in advance that they're going to come here for the first time? So one, um, I would meet them. I would meet them in the parking lot or as close to however the main entrance is. Um, I would uh, invite that if they have kids, I would walk them to get their kids checked into whatever the respective ministry is. I would obviously answer all of their questions. I would, I would try to be a friend to them and and sit close to them, and then invite them into relationship to introduce them, warm handoff to other people and leaders within the community, and and yeah, I'd I'd go above and beyond. When I when you say how would you even know that we'll say the Green family is is coming right there on our website. Uh, I'm new. I was looking at our website just yeah. to make sure here recently. Let us know uh, you're coming. <laughs> let us know. So I'm new. We got one of our main tabs because our, our our website is super clean. I'm new. You click on that. You scroll down and it says, plan your visit. East Mesa campus, Gilbert campus. You click on that. Super, super easy. That does take you to a form. Hi there. Can I get your name? First name, last name. And then it's going to, this is all automated. Uh, yep. That then moves them, our team to know, the Green family is coming for a visit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do a lot of things very, very different um, because that person, when we talk get Jack, right, this is all, they've they've given us their information. Yep. And that is a huge, huge yep. step. You know, I, yeah. this is, but we've got thousands of people that interact with us online, right. but we know a very small percentage, five to 10% of those people who actually identify, hey, I'm here. 
That person yep. is on their way to Jesus. It's a huge next step. Anything think, more on that, Jack? Think about yeah. the value of getting that information. Usually getting that information means I know that you got kids. I know what your yep. marriage, marriage status is or you're coming with your spouse. I may know something about your own age and your own demographics, whatever you're able to share. Now, I have a potential in the future to have very specific invitations that I can give to you because I know something about you and your family, right? Mm -hmm. I know that you're interested in worship because that's the first event that you came to, right? That's right. Um, I may even know what was the type of worship, what was going on with the worship service when, when you came for the first time. So there's a lot of important data that helps us think about what this continued conversation, this continued engagement looks like for this person in the future. So now in addition to, yeah, yeah go, go ahead, ahead, Jack, I'll let you go. I was going to say, now you also have to think about another case study, which is I'm going to show up and I'm going to tell nobody. Right. Because not everybody, some people, when they want to try it out, they want to try it out and kind of be under the radar on purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready for a commitment yet. I'm not ready to date. Right. I'm just I just want to I want to observe from afar. So uh, they come to the worship service. Maybe they intentionally sit way in the back. They just want to see. Right. I want to know, are you guys weird? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't know what to expect. So I, I, I just want to I want to give myself some safety to keep my distance. So here, here's the key thing is that there are actually strategies to get information from these people as well. That Let's people get super don't specific about it. Yeah. So yeah, the first super is specific. Yep. The first is, is they probably a lot, not all of them. Right. But so, a lot of families are coming with their children. They've got to drop their children off in the nursery or Sunday school. It is very, very, very important that your church runs a check in system. For all of those, it's important from a safety perspective, first, primarily, but it's also secondarily important from a data gathering uh, perspective. There's a lot of people where the fact that they check their children in is the way that you're that you're actually creating a first time recordable interaction with them. So they join you for worship. They didn't intend to let you know, but they got to check their children in. So they've got to give things like here's the age of my kid, and then here's you know the father and mother and all that kind of stuff. So they're giving information about themselves. Um, so how, once we get that information, Jack, we're not just always inviting them into worship. Help, right. help us take the next step. So yeah. we're, we're creating a certain subset within our community, people in a certain database. Mm-hmm. We're going to promote date families night. with children, we're, right? Families with children. We're going to promote date night. We're going to promote the upcoming marriage retreat. We're right. going to promote all sorts of different stuff. And we we want to curate the right type of content right. to bless bless that family. That's, and that'll come in more data when segments. We, yep. well, that'll come in more when we talk about retention strategy, right? What right. is the what is the right next step? But if you don't have the data initially, that becomes very difficult. And you'll learn more when we start to talk about retention that we you, you want to lean into very focused, curated, intentional, specific invitations instead of shotgun invitations that go out to everybody because everybody is not the same. Everybody's felt needs are not the same. So even in the the context of the green family, there's different felt needs that you have to be able to curate and segment towards. So getting that data up front is very important. Now, let me give you another example, Tim. We're going to get into one of the big events that we get to do every year. A lot of churches do this harvest fest or some version of that, a fall festival. Um, Big, big event in our context. You know, might get a couple thousand people. Big, right? 
uh, and it's viral. So it's hitting a felt need already. We already know that it's hitting a felt need. People want to know more about it. They want to try it out. So they come. It's a big blast of a party. Here's the issue. People come in. You don't get their data, right? Because it's open to the public and, you know, you're not putting people through the, you know, uh, a laborious registration form or whatever. You just want to get them in. The key thing that you need to know is just because you had an interaction with them, this is not get. You didn't get their data, (laughs) so you don't have the ability to follow up with them, right? It's attract, right? Because you gave them an experience and that experience may cause them to want to know more about your ministry. It certainly has done that for us. Like, oh, wow, you guys just did this for the community. I want to get to know you. So then we need to think about is in these kinds of contexts, you're being intentional. Is there ways that you can still try to get information from people? And if it's not feasible to have like a registration form, you know, you, uh, then there's got to be other ways that you can incentivize getting that data. We've done raffles and door prizes and surveys and stuff like that to try and get information for new people. So usually it's like, hey, give us, fill out this little survey for us and drop it in there and you're in a raffle to win an iPod or, you know, not iPods now, like an Apple Watch, right? right. Something valuable or an Amazon gift card. So you can incentivize doing that without having to be, you know, too authoritarian about getting that info. Right. Does right. that make sense? So Kidman, Kidman, getting Kidman info in Kidman, major events. Major and events. then last, we talk about felt needs, cares yes. ministry. We do see Christ Greenfield cares ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to, to get information as you start that relationship with folks. Yeah. And actually, so felt needs of the community. Some of the big felt needs for us is anything having to do with relationships, uh, marriage, enrichment, date night, parenting. These are all great felt needs. Dave Ramsey, FPU program. How to get um, get a handle of your finances felt need. Divorce care might be something. Grief share has been a big thing in, in light of COVID and all the disruption that's that's gone on. These are important ministries to meet the felt needs of the community, and we talked at length about felt needs in a, in, um, uh, in the intro to engagement. <clears throat> what the people who run these ministries need to know is that they are a piece of the puzzle of the engagement model, and so while they're also legitimately meeting the felt need of people in the community, they are also in their leadership role serving as an on-ramp for ministry. So what that means is the the leader of that program, they've got an opportunity, usually it's like a class format or a workshop format where they're spending, oh gosh, four to eight weeks in relationship with these people in a small group, usually, you know, maybe no more than 20 people. So you get a chance to know these people and as you get a chance to know these people, you start to get to know certain things like, hey, what are their, do they have a church home, right? Do they have, do they have kids? Do they have, is there, are there other things that we can record about that person that allows us to follow up with them? And as we get into retain, can you use the relationship equity that you're building with, with them to have legitimacy to say, I think this would be a great next step for you. So you have to think about the felt needs ministry as a get, and later on, you'll hear more about retain and all that kind of stuff. So many pastors don't have the gifts, I'm just going to be frank, to develop deep systems that move people, whether it's, you know, Jesus only had 12 that he was in deep relationship with. So if you've got 50 to 5,000 people in your in your database, in your church, probably somewhere between there, you need the systems, the 
the tenacious, the detail-oriented people to be on your team to help with this this journey from attract, especially in the get and retain, we're thinking a lot of systems and and really detail-oriented people. Any other qualities as a pastor is like, I, I need to build out a get and then next week talking retain, that type of a team. Anything else about the team a pastor needs to build, Jack? Yeah, I mean, you just have to spend a lot of time kind of communicating the importance of the engagement model so they understand where their ministry fits. As It's, it's all big you have to think of it as a jigsaw puzzle, right? All of these pieces fit together for the holistic model of moving people from consumer to contributor. These get um, activities are very consumeristic. It is felt need. It is superficial relationship. It is very much, I'm giving them value. And so think about this as you're mentoring people in this type of ministry that they understand it's not just about giving them value. It's about giving them value and relationship. So relationship so that I can sustain an ongoing conversation with those people. And that's what that's what differentiates a successful, uh, I would call it felt needs ministry versus one that's just operating in a silo and doing its own thing. It's, a, it's the yeah. integrated ministry versus the separated ministry just doing it, you know, that exists just for its own safe self to exist. That's so good. So if you want to go deeper into this, we referenced uh, last time a, a book called Communicating for Change, I think, and then Rethink Communication, Jack, by Phil Bodle. Mm-hmm. Look Phil up Bodle. Rethink Communication yep. by uh, Rethink Communication by Phil Bodle. Goes very, very deep, especially into the get the get paradigm and 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 the attract yep. uh, some of the best best practices there. Any final word of encouragement for churches looking to build up get Jack? Yeah, I mean. We talked at length a little bit about some of the online marketing strategies in the last episode. Um, certainly, advertising for your big events is a big deal. And when you get mm-hmm. into advertising, if you don't have the expertise in-house, then go ahead and outsource it. But you're probably going to find the biggest bang for the buck doing things like Facebook uh, Facebook advertisements. That's where, that's where people have prob- probably the most success advertising events. Um, more so than like just your, but you do want to have like a good landing page that those ads take people to. So I know what, what I expect at, uh, at Harvest Fest uh, or at worship, as we said before. And then the final thing is that there was one other piece of data that people need to be uh, collecting as part of Get, and that is new givers. Um, so a person may never fill out your Connect card. They may sit in the back and as, as the Spirit leads them, they may be generous to your ministry by writing a check. Well, guess what's on the check? This is their address and their yeah, name. Okay. And so now you have got a chance to get them. You know, hopefully they may not have their email address on it. So it might be hard to uh, reach out to them electronically. But that is an important uh, form of get. That also emphasizes the importance of electronic giving. Because if mm-hmm. people give electronically, then uh, usually they're also providing a way to contact them electronically for further oh, yeah. up follow-up. Absolutely. So we outsource an awful lot Mm -hmm. uh, and talk about who we use or some best uh, companies for outsourcing specifically around Attract and Get. Yeah. So we have had a lot of uh, um, success partnering with an organization called Missional Marketing. I recommend them. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been great for us to get started in a, in a season where we did not necessarily have the, the expertise to do some of that stuff in-house. We are trying to have more mm-hmm. internal expertise to do that as well, but they're, they're fantastic. They understand the concept of felt needs. 
They understand um, the Google Grants program that I spoke about in the last program, and that's there's a huge value in that. Um, we had a great organization that we partnered with when we did our branding that we didn't mention, Historic Agency. Historic. I highly recommend mm-hmm. them as well. I know they, they can get into marketing as well, and know, and, and but we use them specifically for our conversation around branding and, and kind of mm-hmm. clearly defining who we are and, and the value that we want to provide for people. Um, what, what are some we, other resources? We probably have, just to give some con- context, so Christ Greenfield, Medium Large Church, we we probably, Jack, have about, gosh, I'm thinking seven to eight. We're not going to go through them all, mm-hmm. but seven to eight organizations that are in some way, shape, or form helping us advance the cause of Christ, right. outsourcing certain jobs to the church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you do not have to create all of this in-house. There are people who have gone before, agencies, that a lot of them, too, you're like, we're a small church, we got a small. They're, they'll work with large and small. A lot of their uh, the pay scale, right, Jack, yep. it adjusts for, for medium and small churches, right? Yeah, and actually, we're press- this is interesting. We're pressing into this space as well. The ULC is an example where um, if you don't have an expertise at leadership development, you partner with the ULC and we can provide a lot of fantastic curated uh, content and and, um, curriculum to help you get your church started with leadership development. We are now leaning into a new brand, Red Braille with Todd, where uh, he's he's got a vision for allowing churches, if they don't know how to do content, uh, develop their own content in-house. You can use Red Braille as a consultancy or contracting uh, organization that understands the need of the church, and that they can help provide that content for you. So go ahead and check Amen. them out as you Amen. hear about Red Braille. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today on Lead Time. Uh, we will be going into retain, so attract, get, retain next week, and uh, sharing is caring. Please, if you know of someone who would love to be a part of our accelerator, a day consult, or or wants to know more about kind of our leadership development uh, pathway, even all the way up to the point of shepherds and evangelists, executive directors in partnership with Luther House of Studies, please reach out to us at uniteleadership.org. Uh, this is a great day. We are firmly committed to the mission of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, especially our theology. Mm-hmm. And we are trying, we are pushing up right to the edge to say there may be some new ways that we can do things today in 2022 and beyond to multiply disciples to advance the cause of Christ. We'll see you next week on Lead Time. Peace. God bless. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.